Hi everyone, I'm Linda Baker, the editor of Oregon Business Magazine. I'm here today with our reporter, Caleb Deal. Caleb recently wrapped up a five-part series on new transit projects around the state. The series is called The Bus Is Back. And Caleb is here today to share some lessons learned about what it takes to create a successful bus network and get more people riding the bus. So Caleb, the assumption behind the Bus Is Back series is that communities around Oregon are ramping up investment in transit and that buses are gaining new respect as a cost-effective way of moving people around. Did your reporting bear out that assumption? Yeah, I think the bus is absolutely back. And one of the big impetuses uh, for the renewed bus spending that I've been seeing is House Bill 2017. A lot of the planners I talked to mentioned how this $5.3 billion state transportation package will help them expand the bus service dramatically in their communities. There's a lot of interesting bus rapid transit projects going on in Portland and Eugene. There's a really ambitious project to completely encircle Mount Hood with bus service. There's also an interesting on-demand bus that I looked at in Salem that kind of acts like an Uber or a Lyft. Uh, and then finally I went to Bend uh, where they didn't even have a transit agency for the city until House Bill 2017 provided funding. Uh, and that's going to allow them to expand service into nights and weekends uh, and really improve things for that community. So you rode many different types of buses. As you say, you uh, took the bus rapid transit bus in Eugene the on-demand bus in Salem, but can you tell us about some of the common themes that emerged as you rode these buses or learned about new transit systems? What are some of the successful strategies transit agencies are using to get more people to ride the bus? Yeah, well, it was an interesting journey on the bus. I started out with the assumption, uh, like a lot of millennials, I think that technology would be our way to get more people interested in the bus and uh, let's take a bunch of self-driving buses pack them full of iPads and Wi-Fi and other high-tech devices uh, to attract more riders in the end it turned out the answer was a lot more boring uh, but also cheaper turns out that planners and politicians and business leaders generally think to improve the bus we just need to make it come more often make sure it comes on time these are simple service upgrades that can be done without a lot of money, uh, but they'll dramatically improve ridership. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about the Mount Hood Loop? As you say, it's going to encircle the mountain. This is really a groundbreaking bus project. Tell us why. Uh, for one thing, this is the first time people who choose to go carless in cities uh, or those who can't afford cars can access some of the recreation opportunities around Mount Hood. Uh, so for example, Taminawas Falls, some destinations in the gorge, Multnomah Falls, uh, we'll be seeing a lot more people be able to reach those destinations, uh, which historically hasn't been the case. Uh, it's also going to allow workers who live in the Hood River area to reach jobs up on Mount Hood, which are suffering from a lot of congestion right now uh, around the ski resorts there. Uh, so a lot of people have an eight-hour shift that turns into a 12-hour shift because there's so much traffic in the Mount Hood area. There's also a lot of big medical centers and data centers uh, around the Hood River and Dalles area that are going to be served by uh, these new buses. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm looking forward to that bus. Right now, I don't even like to go skiing on Sundays up at 
Mount Hood Meadows because the traffic on the way home is just horrendous. Any case, uh, so let's move to, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the bus rapid transit system. So Eugene's bus rapid transit system is up and running. Portland is preparing its uh, new bus rapid transit network. What makes BRT system successful? Right, that's a good question. And I think the answer is really different in uh, Eugene and in Portland. Uh, in Eugene, the bus bus rapid transit because it acts a lot like light rail. Uh, you feel like you're on a train when you're riding that bus, and it flies through these dedicated lanes. You have uh, stations that resemble train stations, uh, and I think this really improves the experience for the riders. Another successful element of Eugene service is it comes every 10 minutes, uh, so it's so frequent you don't even have to look at a schedule. In Portland. The BRT service that TriMet's currently designing for Division looks a little bit different. Uh, instead of having dedicated right-of-way, like the bus's own lane, it mostly relies on traffic signal priority, some small upgrades to stations, uh, consolidating stations together. And these are cheaper service upgrades that are easier to do in a really dense area where you have a lot of traffic. Uh, and I talked to transit expert Jarrett Walker, who said this is the way that bus rapid transit should look everywhere because it's really easy to scale. Uh, and I think in the years to come, we could see TriMet putting in a lot of similar upgrades uh, along other lines. All right, so that gets back to what you were saying earlier. Uh, that is that the best upgrades or the best system changes are often uh, the simplest. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Uh, let's talk about cars. You know, we often think about uh, cars and buses uh, or automobile transportation and bus trans uh, transportation in competition with each other. But your articles profile new partnerships between uh, car companies and transit agencies. Tell us a little bit about those partnerships. For a lot of transit advocates, it seems like cars are the enemy. Uh, but in the future, that's not really the way it's going. As you know, we've been looking at Moval, which is a subsidiary of Daimler, the German automaker. Uh, and it's Daimler's attempt to get into mobility services. So they're looking more at public transit and how that interacts with the car and just moving people around cities uh, from a holistic view. Their perspective on the car and how they're shifting their strategy uh, is that the car is becoming more of a public good. So instead of private ownership, where you own one vehicle, cars are becoming shared. So we can see this with Cardigo or with BMW's uh, Reach now service. Uh, so with the car becoming this public good, uh, transit planners I talked to you around Oregon are discussing ways the car can solve the last mile problem in transit, uh, which is that last mile between the bus station and your home. So transit agencies are looking at things like subsidizing Uber and Lyft rides uh, or other ways uh, we can make the car and bus work better together. And everybody who is listening should know that uh, Caleb is writing a deep dive profile of Moval and Not Parker, and that article will appear in our February print edition. So be sure to look for that article in the magazine. It will also be available online. So Caleb, let's wrap this up by circling back uh, 
to the money issue. Uh, as you said, we have a new pot of money in the form of uh, the transportation package that was passed last session, but uh, we live in resource-constrained times, and funding for transit agencies is a perennial problem, and that problem is not going to go away just because we passed one transportation funding package. So what did you learn about uh, how we can pay for transit systems in the future? Well, buses are hands down the most efficient way to move people around cities, uh, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Buses cost about half the infrastructure cost of putting in a light rail line. Uh, in some cases, they can be even more cost effective. Uh, the problem is that for many transit agencies around Oregon and the country, buses don't pay for themselves, uh, and the transit planners I talked to said they never will. Only about 10 to 15 percent of the funding for buses comes from fares. Uh, a lot of the rest comes from grant money. These transit agencies face a lot of anxiety over renewing their grants every few years. Uh, I uncovered a few possible options uh, for new income streams to fund the bus. Controversial proposals that were being debated were paid parking in a lot of communities around Oregon. Uh, so revenue from parking could fund the bus. Uh, and it would also deter cars from entering downtown to help out with the congestion. Uh, the Portland City Council is looking very closely now at congestion pricing, uh, and that would be a policy where you pay to enter downtown during peak travel times. Uh, so it's kind of like a toll road where the toll depends on how many cars are on the highway at that time and how congested it is. Uh, and some revenue from that could go back into funding transit as another option for uh, people who couldn't pay the toll to drive. All right, so congestion pricing, paid parking, toll roads, these are big issues and are going to change the way we think about uh, funding both roads and tra transit uh, systems in the future. We're certainly uh, in line for some interesting debates about how we're gonna manage and pay for traffic. So uh, Caleb, well, thanks for sharing your insights. Uh, it sounds like it was a fun ride overall. Is that right? Yeah, um, it was a wild ride. It was a wild ride. Okay. It was Oregon. a wild ride, a fun ride. Um, for those of you who haven't read Caleb's series, you can find the buses back on OregonBusiness.com. So be sure to check that out. And thanks for listening to the Oregon Business Broadcast. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Linda. You've been listening to the Oregon Business Broadcast produced by the Oregon Business Editorial Team. Music for today's episode is from Rodrigo Vicente, Today's World. Thanks for listening.